Hey everybody, welcome to the Bowhunting Soul Podcast. Thanks for joining me again. Um, okay, so just to kind of catch you up here, I know I recorded the um, the intro to the previous podcast a little bit earlier, actually, than than this one. Um, that's the one with uh, Josh Talker. And that's the one where I was saying, yeah, I'm going to go shoot the Northern Miss bow and stuff like that. And then I was going to go out and then shoot the bow. Well, I went out and shot the bow. Um, I did uh, a video on the bow, very quick video on the bow, not not too long. And then I I realized that it's it's not for me. So <laughs> the bow might be uh, up for sale by the time this episode comes out. In fact, it probably will be. I don't know if it'll be sold yet, but um, again, nothing against uh, you know the bow itself. Um, the, the craftsmanship and all that stuff is is clearly evident. I just it's you know. Um, this kind of proves my point to myself, I guess, is, you know, grip and feel are everything for me. Um, and it just, I just could not get comfortable shooting this D style bow. Um, the grip, uh, like I told you, is kind of got like a, it's got like a sharp, ed- not a sharp edge. That's, that's, that's the wrong way to put it. It's not, it doesn't have like a wider um, interface with your palm, like my, like, well, like what I'm used to. And I just never got comfortable with it being rock solid in my hands the way I needed to be comfortable with it and not thinking about how I'm gripping it. And, you know, when I have to think about anything else other than the spot I want to hit, then it's just it's just not working out. So, um, yeah, I don't know if this if the bow will be up for sale still or, or, or be gone, but I'm glad I tried it. I'm glad I actually went down the full heel style bow uh, experience. Now, some, some of you guys are going to say, well, you only had it for a day. You only had it for a day and a half. What are you talking about? Well, again, when you know, you know. And for me, the number one thing, if you want to go back and listen to, uh, what is it? The, 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 I think I named it uh, to all the bows I, I've, I've loved before or something. Um, grip grip is, is like the number one thing for me. And when I, when I grip something and it feels natural, you're immediately, you're just like soothed. I know that sounds weird. And if it's not, and you got to think about it, it's already like a, a red flag that kind of goes up. So anyway, I, I'm glad I tried it. It's, it's a super nimble bow. It's very light, um, for, you know, being 66 inch. Cause there's not much mass there. Obviously it's, it's, it's a skinny longbow. Um, and if if that is your thing, then I most definitely, uh, along with, with with everybody else, would, would you know highly recommend um, you know Steve Touray Northern Mist. I mean the craftsmanship um, and his build quality and everything are, are are second to none. I mean everyone who actually knows what they're talking about with hillbows will, will tell you that. Don't just take my word for it after only shooting it for like you know a day and a half. But um, anyway, so that's kind of the that's kind of the update on on that bow. I, I just thought it was kind of funny because I, I literally recorded the intros to the, this podcast and the previous one, which you will have listened to two weeks ago, if I can do the math in my head, um, within hours of each other. So anyway, that's that's the update. So today I have um, a guy that I, I really, really wanted to talk to. I say that all the time, but I really, really wanted to talk to him for a long time. A guy by the name of Bill Langer. You probably know Bill uh, Bill Langer, uh, Traditional Adventures uh, TV YouTube channel. Bill's a guy that like walks the walk. I mean, he is a straight up hunter. He's been hunting, it's in his blood. He's been hunting since he was, I think he said since he was like five. Uh, maybe even earlier than that. He uh, he's an he's an incredibly accomplished bow hunter, traditional bow hunter, and 
you know, he, he likes what he likes as far as equipment. We get into equipment and stuff like that. But, I mean, he's, he just more likes to go out and, and, and enjoy the adventure and, and then the hunt. And he doesn't chase down um, all, 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 like, the, the, the techie stuff and, and the latest and greatest gear stuff and, and tuning stuff as far as, like, you know, bows and, and, and arrows and broadheads and stuff are related. He's uh, uh, He says in here, if I... Yeah, if, if I can explain it correctly, he says basically j just like he does with his equipment because he's got a construction company, he's got uh, a, like a paving, he's a paving contractor. Um, when he finds equipment that it works, that works, that's it. He's sticking with it, and he probably won't have a reason to change unless he has a reason to change. So, um, you know, kind kind of pretty pretty refreshing. I like talking to guys from all sorts. I like talking to uh, guys that that, that that tinker and tune like nonstop, and I also like talking to guys like Bill who um, who've got their he, he, you know he's got his shit dialed in and he just doesn't you know necessarily need the change. Um, he's hunted uh, uh, everything from Whitedale to African game to uh, to, to hogs, and we get into discussions about all of it. Bill is uh, really, really knowledgeable. He's got, uh, like, like I said, a, a long time of experience of, of hunting and, you know, what works, what doesn't, blood trails, that kind of stuff. Um, and, you know, you, you could you could learn a lot from this guy. And he's also really, really fun to talk to. I mean, he's, he's uh, super excited and passionate talking about hunting you, you can just tell that i mean it's, it's it's just it was such a treat to talk to him so um i'm glad we finally got to connect um and uh yeah I, I'm, I'm glad we're 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 acquaintances now because it was such it was such a really good um really good conversation so anyway i'm not going to take up any more uh any more of your guys this time definitely go check out bill on traditional adventures uh tv youtube channel he puts out stuff there all the time and check out obviously the bow hunting soul youtube channel i put out stuff all the time so without further ado here is my interview with bill langer it says recording here we go all right did something pop up on your screen there uh yeah yep i gotta so record yep recording cool all right all right bill langer thank you for doing this midday i appreciate it this is two guests in a row now that i've been able to do this midday instead of having to beg someone to do this at 10 o'clock or 11 o'clock at night so thanks for coming yeah, on no, no problem my pleasure uh, worked out worked out okay with me today yeah it did um so we're actually doing this on zoom so i hope to hell this thing actually records <laughs> because <laughs> all, all, all i've ever done so far is on is on skype but uh it seems to be pretty loud and clear so i don't know if my kid can do zoom you know and she did the first yeah. part of the school year with uh uh you know online stuff through zoom i figure i can figure it out so exactly yeah. you better figure this out <clears throat> yeah absolutely so uh bill if if for some reason if someone who listens to me has not heard of you which they which i can i can't imagine but you want to fill everybody in uh, kind of like who you are just a little bit about you and kind of wh what you do for a living that kind of stuff and then we can get into sure. the, the nitty-gritty hunting stuff yeah sure yeah so uh, my name is bill langer and um what i do is 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 run heavy equipment and i'm an excavator that's what i've done all my life my father started the company in 1966 i've been with the company 34 years and i took it over about eight almost nine years ago my father retired um and when we're not when we were not uh working together we worked together for um i don't know about 24 years or so before he retired um we were a hunting family and specifically bow hunting i mean we we hunted with rifles and muzzle loaders but primarily with, with the with recurves and longbows 
So, um, and over the years, we, we kind of started videotaping ourselves um, only because there wasn't a lot out there in the market as far as um, bow hunting videos. And we wanted to start learning about it and trying to create some stuff. Uh, you know, you had the old Fred Bear movies and, of course, the Wenzels did some stuff. But really, this was back in the late 80s and early 90s. There wasn't a lot of traditional guys filming their, self, filming their hunts. And, and that's when we started, you know. And then I ended up forming a little company, Bill Langer Bowhunting Productions, and really started getting into it in the later in the 90s. And uh, we've been doing it ever since. So were you putting out uh, like DVDs or well, it wouldn't be DVDs back yeah. then, like videotapes back then and then yeah, DVDs we, we kind started- of thing? and. Yeah, we started off with VHS, and then, uh, then of course, we went to the DVDs after that. Now, I actually had a guy from New Zealand <laughs> just email me the other day saying that he still watches some of my hunting videos on VHS. So <laughs> oh, no pretty- kidding. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it's funny. Um, we, we were going through, um, uh, like, my daughter's movies and stuff, right? She's, like, eight years old, almost nine. <laughs> and, you know, so just over the years even, just – even though she's only nine, right? So this is in the past eight or nine years that we've collected these things and we're going through this stuff. And then, she, and then we're, there's a bunch of stuff to get rid of. And then she's like, you know what? I don't want to get rid of this. I'm like, honey, we don't even have a machine to play those on. They're just yeah, DVDs. Like right. we don't even have a DVD player in here. Yeah. You know, it's just technology just, just marches on like just crazy. It, it, it's, it's just, it's just amazing. Um, so you, you grew up, um, I'm full from on Connecticut. Honey, yeah, yep. f- full-on hunting family in Connecticut, um, mm-hmm. and uh, it, it, obviously, do you have any brothers and sisters and stuff that hunt too, or was it just kind of you that uh, <laughs> took that up? Well, I'm the oldest of six kids. Uh, there's three boys and uh, three girls, and myself, uh, my brother Tommy, who's third in line. We have a sister Jenny in between us. My brother Tommy's a pretty avid hunter, and then. Uh, my brother Ricky, who's the youngest in the family, we're 12, 12 years apart. Actually, my mom, my mom had her tubes tied and thought she was done with five. And then about a year later, they let us know that we were going to have a, a little brother coming along. One, one slip through. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he, um, Ricky hunts a little bit, has hunted a little bit over the years, but not in, not certainly not into it like I am. And uh, like I said, my brother Tommy's pretty avid. He hunts every year. He doesn't travel like I do. He's been on a few out-of-state trips but yeah uh, my sisters my sisters do not hunt um uh two of them two of them are married to hunters and, and uh the one that's n- not married to a hunter she's married to a, a teacher and he doesn't hunt uh she's she's really into the venison and she'll take venison from us and cook it and make dishes out of it but mm-hmm. they're, they're not so really just my, my brother tommy and i cool and you said uh it was pretty much bow hunting from the get-go right i mean did you guys pick up uh you know like 22s or anything like that for small game or shotguns or waterfowl or no we did we did um not a lot of small game uh other than squirrels gray squirrels we hunted quite a bit with the 22s when we were younger my father started very early at five years old i was with him the first time i saw a deer get harvested and that was 1975 and i can i can remember that and um uh, he would, when we were younger, we, we did quite a bit of, um, uh, squirrel hunt, like I said, with, with the 22s. And he actually, when he was 12 years old, he ordered a savage 22 single shot through Sears and Roebuck and they shipped it to him through the mail. And that's what we did. <laughs> so that shows you how much times have changed. Yeah. Um, it, and he always had, uh, he had some wing archery bows, recurves and some Ben Pearson's around when we were younger. And, um, 
he always had a stack of broken arrows from shooting and missing deer or killing deer and they were short so we used those and man we used to run around the woods and hunt all sorts of stuff with that yeah yeah absolutely um so I, I guess when when did you kind of progress to uh to big game like when was the first time you you know shot your first deer i guess or so I, I shot my first deer when I was 11 years old, um, but that was with a gun. Um, I didn't kill my first big game animal with a recurve uh, until I was 18. Um, I did hunt a little bit with the compound in high school. Um, I think mostly because my peers in high school were hunting with compounds, mm-hmm. but I had started off on recurves and longbows and I hunted for a very short amount of time with a compound during high school and then got right back in to hunt with the recurve bow. Um, I did quite a bit of small game hunting with the, with the, uh, recurves when I was younger, you know, like I said, we chased everything around the woods, but, uh, didn't really get into it and get my bow hunting license until I, I don't think I got my bow hunting license, license until I was 16. It's when I actually took the course. I had taken my rifle course, the general hunting course here in Connecticut long before that. Right. Right. Interesting. So, um, was it pretty target rich back then? I know, I know Connecticut's got a lot of deer, right? That, yeah. Um, but I mean, was, was it, was it still as, I guess, over, overpopulated with deer as it is now, you know, in that, in that area? Well, there was a, basically in the eighties is when I would say the peak eighties into the early nineties is when we had the peak of, of, you know, having a lot of deer here. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the, the buck hunting, the big buck hunting got really, really good through like the mid nineties into the late nineties for about a five year period, uh, for whatever the genetics, the food, uh, it was really, really good. The, the biggest problem with Connecticut and our deer herds been on decline for, for quite a few years now is the bear population. We have tons of black bears and as any hunter knows, or people who pay attention to the outdoors, Bears of all species make uh, a great living on the fawn crop, whether it's mm-hmm. grizzly bear, moose and elk fawns or, or uh, you know, polar bears and seal pups. Our black bears will seek out a, a doe when she starts dripping before she's about to drop and they're picking these fawns up off the ground. And, and it is not uncommon for the mature, majority of mature does that you see now in Connecticut to not even have any fawns with them. Um, so there's, there's been a big change. There's nowhere near the deer now that there was, you know, 20, 25 years ago. Really? It's that bad. Now huh? they just kind of get ripped yeah. out right at birth basically, or, during... yep. and, um. you know, the, the political situation is, is, you know, they, the, the, they're not letting the biologists make the decision on the hunting seasons. It's all political as you see happening mm-hmm. in every corner of the world. The, 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 um, the, the other problem is, is bobcats. We cannot hunt or trap bobcats and bobcats are taking mature deer and fawns and also the coyotes. We have a ton of coyotes and you can trap and hunt coyotes um, for the most part year round. Um, but just there's not enough people doing it. So um, the, the don't get me wrong. The deer hunting is still pretty good here. But like when I go down to my place in Florida, I see more deer there than I do here in Connecticut. Seriously. Absolutely. Yep. Wow, I would not, I would not have expected that. Just because, just for years, you know, we've we've heard forever that, <clears throat> you know, like a Connecticut, uh, you know, just just that just that whole um, kind of New England area is just overrun. You know, like really really thick with deer. You know, New Jersey, um, yep. you know, upstate, not upstate New York, but I'm just like north north of New York City, basically all the way through Connecticut and stuff like that. Um, just just packed and packed with deer. Um, well, what I, I, what I, I should do. Is- 
yeah, what I should do is start to interrupt you is take a step, a little step back. I yep. live in the northwest corner of Connecticut. Um, it's more rural. Uh, there's more farmland, although those are disappearing to some development. But um, there are areas of Connecticut and areas all over the northeast. Basically, what we would call the Gold Coast, the counties that um, border New York. Yeah. Uh, they have a lot of deer. And in fact, uh, I can't, time goes by so fast here. It's been over a dozen years now since they opened up um, the regulations more in the, what we'll call the, the Gold Coast area, which is, you know, very close to, to the New York line where they were very overpopulated with deer. And it was basically, uh, you know, you, you just killed one deer after another and you just kept on handing in tags and they gave you more type thing. But I'm, right. I'm a, an hour and a half drive from that, that area. Oh, okay. So wh- wh- where are you near? What, what, what towns are you near? Cause, so, cause. So I, I'm in the Northwest corner. Torrington would be the biggest large town. <laughs> okay. All right. Yep. Yep. <laughs> um, we're, we're a little town. We're a small little town. In fact, 60, over 60% of our town is owned by the state or the NDC, which is the water district. Mm-hmm. We own approximately 30% of the town is privately owned. So there's a lot of land in this area that will not be developed. It's, it's big woods for Connecticut, I guess, put it that way. You know, I've, I've spent, uh, you and I were talking right before we started recording, you know, in my last 20 years, I've, I've been in racing, right? So um, I've, I've been to Lime Rock, Connecticut um, okay. a ton of times. I've stayed in Torrington a bunch of times, uh, Great Barrington, yeah. all that. And I actually lived in Millerton, New York for about three months. Oh, pretty good. <laughs> pretty good. So that's about 45 minutes for me, roughly 40, 45 minutes to Millerton. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I know the area, beautiful area. I mean, just gorgeous, yeah. gorgeous country, you know? Um, yeah, yeah no, that, that, that's kind of funny. So I kind of know the area you're talking about. So, um, okay. So, um, you're, you, you decided to give up the compound. Um, you, you, you dabbled in it for a little bit. Any particular reason? I mean, I mean, were you just drawn to the, cause I know it you mentioned the Fred bear thing and all that and the old videos and stuff. Was that, was that it or. Yeah. Well, so I started in again, let's call it the mid seventies. I mean, I saw my first deer taken by my father in 1975. I was only five years old, but mm-hmm. I was chasing around small game with the recurve at that time. You know, my father would just hand me a bow and a bunch of arrows and said, get out of your mother's hair. And I ran yeah. through the wood. You know? um, in, in high school is when I, I think I bought a compound about the time I turned 16, all my friends were doing it. My, my father even did it. it you know, it was kind of like everyone got into it for a little while. And, um, and it was just a short amount of time. By the time I moved out of my parents' house, which I was 20 years old when I moved out, um, I, I was back to shooting a, the recurve and longbow full time. And, and what I want to say is I didn't hunt the entire season with the compound. I, I would hunt, maybe shoot one deer with it, and then mm-hmm. I'd hunt the rest of the time with a recurve or longbow. Oh. Um, I, I, it, was, it was such a short amount of time. It's almost not even worth talking about. I mean, I, I don't even think I killed maybe a half dozen, eight deer with the, with the, with the compound in the time that I hunted with it, you know, it wasn't a very long time. Got it. Got it. Um, so were you, um, were you like a recurve guy? Were you a longbow guy back then? Um, I, did it matter? I, it, it didn't really matter. I, I will say I probably, I mean, people were associating me with being a recurve guy. That's what I've hunted with the most. Um, although this past year I picked up the longbow again, that had been sitting on the wall, black with a longbow and, uh, I started hunting with it because the particular recurve I've been hunting with for years developed a little bit of a noise and I, I just couldn't get air all of a sudden, like, I don't know whether something changed that I did or something changed in the bow. I was having a hard time getting arrows to fly. Right. And this was just before my wife's moose hunt. 
that I was a, a sub permittee on. So I was going to be able to hunt the moose and we were going to hunt with the longbow um, for the first few days. Uh, I decided to start shooting it and I shot it really well and the arrows were flying well and I was hitting well with it. So I took it and she ended up shooting the moose on the trip with a gun. But um, I hunted the whole deer season this year with the, with the longbow and I, I took three deer with it and uh, it just, I'm just back into shooting the longbow again. And I've over the years on and off, I've hunted with the longbow bow, but primarily it's, it's been with the recurve. Now you, um, I, I typically see you shooting like a black widow, right? A black mm -hmm. widow of some yep. sort. Um, are you kind of particular to that, to that brand? Um, are you kind of favorable to that brand or it, it just happens to be that something you shoot, you know, you shoot. Uh, I, you, uh, we'll go back. I'll basically give you a history. I, like I said, I started off with wing archery and Ben Pearson's, my father's mm -hmm. old bows that he had. And I hunted a few seasons with those. And then I went on a caribou hunt, um, to Quebec. And while we were in camp, a guy had a black widow and both myself and my brother-in-law shot it. And we both really liked it. And when we came home, we both ordered them. Mm -hmm. And it was funny back then, you know, there, there were a lot of money back then. They were only 650, 700 bucks, you know, but, um, I was, I was just starting out in life and, and we got them and they were so beautiful and so nice. We both looked at them and said, are we really going to take these things out in the woods and bang them around? And it, it was so funny the way we looked at them because we were shooting just old beat up hand me down recurves, you know? Yeah. And, but, you know, we got over that and, and got, got into shooting them. And, um, I just, I, I took to them and I, I basically shot them ever since for a short time period. I bought a, what was called a Tom Connell. It was out of, uh, massachusetts um i was at some archery gathering i can't re remember where it was I, it might have been the one of the sportsman shows here in the northeast and he had a little booth and i picked up his bow and drew it and um it was really really nice and i hunted with that took a couple deer with that and then uh and then just you know got back into the black widows and and uh i've been shooting them ever since and for a while black widow um Ken Beck, uh, carried my videos in their, in their magazines and, um, you know, in their catalogs. Mm -hmm. And, um, that had nothing to do with me shooting his bows. I had been shooting them for a long, long time. And, uh, you know, but I just continued to shoot their bows. And then, um, you know, uh, when, um, Toby and Roger and John took over the company, when, um, Ken retired, uh, you know, they continued to carry my videos and I, I was on a bear hunt with them and, um, just continued to shoot their bows. And I, I, I've picked up all sorts of other bows. Incidentally, my brother-in-law who bought that black widow along with me that first time, he he's bought dozens of different Boyer's bows over the years um, and tried them out and then he'll resell them and whatever. Um, and I've tried every bow that he's, that he's, you know, tried. And um, I've never bought anything but a black widow other than that, that one Tom Connell recurve mm -hmm. that I bought for myself. I bought some, you know, some, some for my kids, um, that, uh, you know, Black Widow is sold, just, you know, some Samix and different stuff like that. Uh, cheaper bows for the kids to bang around. If they break them, it's not that big a deal, you know. Um, but I just, for me, the Black Widow shoots well. That, that's just that's just it, you know. Yeah, I, I, I don't have a ton of experience with them. I, I shot one uh, once at a local shoot here where um, another guy that, you know, kind of internet friends with, you know, Instagram friends with and stuff. Um, Blaine Swanson, I don't know if you probably. You probably I've, I've heard of Yep. Um, so we met up at a, uh, one of the archer shoots here and, uh, he had a, he had a PMA, 
you know, yeah, like a 52 mm-hmm. pound or whatever PMA, a, a yep. beautiful bow. And then I shot that and it, and it, it was like, Oh, wow, this is smooth. It's nice. It's beautiful. You know? Yeah. Um, and I was shooting a 59 Kodiak at the time. And, mm-hmm. uh, that, that particular Kodiak wasn't shooting very well for me, uh, even though mm-hmm. I dearly, dearly, dearly wanted it to, cause it's, it's, I mean, it's still such an iconic, like gorgeous bow, but yep. uh, you know, I, I can't hold on to bows. I've tried, I can't hold on to bows that just don't shoot where, um, where, you know, they, they don't point and shoot where I want it to, you know what I mean? If it yeah. impacts one way or whatever, but anyway, long story short, I shot the PMA and I'm like, man, I really like this. And I yep. almost pulled the trigger on, um, uh, on, on a PCH, you know, mm-hmm. but then I got yep. to thinking, it's like, man, it is. And I know they have a demo program. I know this, mm-hmm. but, um, I got to thinking, man, you know, if the bow that I shot there is, is completely going to be different than the shorter riser, uh, different limb length, different, you know, weight kind of, you know, bow that, that, uh, that, that I wanted. And it, it's almost like, it's not just like saying, Oh, just cause I like the PMA, the PCH is going to be perfect for me, you know? Yeah. And for, for those that don't know, the PMA is the, is the, is the, uh, was it seven? No, that's a tall riser at right? 17 inch riser. Is it, I forget the actual, yeah. the, the, the PCH, the PCH is the or, smallest one. Yeah. 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 Yep. And, yeah. and then the PSA and then the PMA would be the largest. one. Correct. Right? And the PMA has got all that mass, obviously, which helps, you know, hold stable and, and all that but um mm-hmm. and i wanted a shorter bow i didn't that one ended up being like a 62 inch and so anyway i'm i'm still kind of waffling at that i currently um i'm i've, I've got a java man on order uh java mm-hmm. man elkhart and i'm really really waiting for that one um but I, I i keep selling my other bows i keep coming back to what i shoot best now which is like a 1966 bear grizzly um and i was out shooting that this morning you know i was actually shooting yep. um couple things this morning and yeah for, for me i i don't think it's an issue of of, of longbow versus uh recurve it's more an issue mm-hmm. of weight and grip you know how how yeah. comfortable and naturally it points um and i i gotta say that that widow you know i and i waffle on the looks of it not to offend any widow yeah. fans or you or whatever some days i yeah. love it some days i think it's the most ugliest thing ever and some days i love yeah. it and some days i'm like oh no way <laughs> you know yeah. but you yeah. can't deny the fact that they shoot well, well that's that's just it and and that's the way it's pretty funny that's the way I've, I've explained it over the years i don't shoot it because it's a black widow they're great guys they're a great company it's a great quality bow like I said, the bow that I had shot for years, all of a sudden, and I, I've owned a bunch of Black Widows. I've owned over a dozen of them, and I still own the majority of them. And I've had a few others that just all of a sudden, they don't feel right. They don't shoot good. And I'll go back to one of my old ones or try something new. I have bought a couple in the past, I think, three years. I believe I bought two now. Um, I dropped down in poundage You know, as I've gotten older. I started off shooting 72-pound limbs, and now I'm <laughs> shooting the majority of my bows are – like 48 to 49 pounds mm-hmm. um just all these years in construction <laughs> my shoulders and neck and everything's all worn out and i can still shoot the heavy bows but it's it's not fun and comfortable anymore you know and i, I the, the, the if i picked up i don't whoever you can name any bow and if i picked up some bow made by some other boyer and it shot well for me hey i might go out and buy it you know i'm not um i don't shoot a black widow to say i shoot a black widow i they just shoot really well and they're nice bows for me you know yeah, absolutely. Um, along that same vein, um, I've, I've kind of gravitated toward shorter bows. Um, I like the maneuverability. Mm-hmm. I like the mass weight. Uh, I like a, you know, like, like a locator grip kind of thing, but mm-hmm. 
for years, you know, for, for the last several years, I, I've wanted to try, I wanted like the full on hill style bow experience. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, haven't really shot any hill style bows, you know, straight grip, whatever. And of course, you know, I'm friends with, uh, you know, Jason, Sam Koviak and stuff. And, and he shoots, mm-hmm. you know, the Northern Miss classic, right. Full on mm-hmm. D shape bow. And, uh, the episode that's going to come out before yours, actually, I was just interviewing a guy. I ended up buying his Northern Miss classic, which is like 51 pounds of 27 inch and 66 yep. inch bow. And I'm like, that is the exact specs that I'm looking for. So that bow mm-hmm. just came the other day. Um, okay. and this morning I was out well, last night and this morning I was out shooting it and you know what? It's not for me. Okay. It is not for me. Um, yep. the, the grip, it, I can't get used to the grip. And I know some hill, hill style bow guys are going to be like, Oh, you got it. You're doing it wrong. You got to grip it this way. You got it. You know what I mean? No, it, I get it, but it's, yep. it's, it just doesn't feel like it's part of me. It's too much effort to, to think of how I'm going to grip this thing where for other people, they're like, Oh, it's totally natural. You just grab it and naturally locates itself. But for me, it didn't do that. So yeah. I like being, I, I like getting these bows in testing them, doing like a little video on it, like initial impressions kind of thing, shooting kind of stuff. And then if it doesn't jive with me, it, it, it's got to go. Well, know? that's, that's the main, yeah, that's it. That's just it. I mean, what fits for one person doesn't fit for the other. It's just like anything else in life. You know, it's the same with, with shooting techniques. I see these guys arguing and talking about shooting techniques. Mm. And then, you know, you compare it to, I'm not a golfer, but I've golfed a little bit, but you know, everyone's got a different golf swing and whatever works for you works. And whatever works, use it, Uh, you know, and same with the bows. If if you pick up a bow and you have to work really hard or force yourself to be comfortable with it, it's not the right bow for you. It should feel natural in your hand and it should feel comfortable and and immediately build confidence in your shooting. You know what I'm saying? A hundred percent. Yeah. If if I, if I have to think about anything other than what the spot I'm trying to pick, you know, and my, and my thoughts go to, Oh, what's in my hand and how am I gripping it? No, what's that odd pressure? That's the red flags right there for me. You know, um, you, 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 good segue here. You kind of touched a little bit on, uh, on shooting styles. Um, Mm -hmm. what is yours? What, what do you, what do you prefer? Like, or, and, and has it changed over the years? It, 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 it hasn't changed. It's never changed. That doesn't, that doesn't mean I haven't tried a bunch of other styles because I have messed around just, just to, just to, try it you know mm-hmm. but i guess you would call me an an instinctive snap shooter <laughs> i okay. i pick a spot if i'm conscious of anything other than the spot and the animal or target i'm looking at i don't hit well if i pull back and i hit anchor and i hold i do not shoot well i have to pick a spot just have tunnel vision keep an eye on that spot pull back as soon as my middle finger hits the corner of my my uh mouth i let her go and I shoot very quickly. Um, I, I, I have a lot of friends and, and people I know, they'll pull back and they'll hold for a second or two. I, I can't do that. It just doesn't work for me. So hmm. I'm not an expert and I can't watch a person shoot and tell you, every, you know, he's shooting this style, they're shooting that style. But um, I pick a spot, I pull back and let it rip. Yeah. And, and as long <laughs> as, as, as long as you're consistent. You know what I mean? Yeah, there's, there's, exactly. there's, there's kind of nothing wrong with that. You're right. There's, there's too much argument about that. Um, yeah. you know, and, and it's easy to get I caught up three, in it. Yeah. I tried three fingers under, um, I tried gap point and point of aim just to, you know, mess around. And th- this was years ago, probably in my thirties, which would be 20 years ago. I kind of messed around with it and, and none of them worked for me. Not, mm-hmm. not one of them worked. I just, there was too much. I liked the simplicity of, um, hunting traditionally and I, i'm a bow hunter 
Um, I, I'm not an archer. I used to go to a lot of 3D shoots and I shot very well there, but I'm not, I'm not a target archer. I'm a hunter. I mean, I, you give me a, some straight arrows, a bow that shoots relatively well in a hundred acres. And that's when, when I feel most comfortable, you know what I mean? Yeah. 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 And, yeah absolutely. It's the for me, you know? Yeah. Um, so, so what do you, uh, what do you, I, I, so do you have a PSA right now then you said, or. I have a PSA, I have a PMA. I'm shooting a, one of their longbows right now. And I think it's a six, six inch longbow and I believe it's 62 pounds at 28. I don't have it right here in front of me, but that's what I've been shooting this past year. Okay. Um, but I had a PSA. I was shooting quite a bit. I, I do have a PCH that I, I took a couple deer with and it's been collecting dust on the, on the shelf downstairs. And I think that bow is only like 58 inches, I think. And, um, I haven't shot that one in years. I got him hanging. I got a little trophy room in my basement. I got him hanging down there. Um, yeah. but primarily I've been shooting. They don't even, um, offer this color scheme anymore. Uh, it was just the plain black one and I put snake skins on it mm -hmm. and, um, I've been shooting that for years, but then, like I said, about middle of August, beginning of September this past year, I was shooting it and the arrows were flying erratic and it developed a little bit of a noise and I was just not comfortable with it. And I, I grabbed that old longbow that I had hunted with a little bit and I picked it up and man, it just, it just felt good all of a sudden. <laughs> and, uh, it's strange because I've only, you know, hunted with a longbow, you know, maybe taken before that, maybe four or five deer with the longbow over all these years. And, um, I just, I picked it up and it felt good and I started shooting again. Now, when I'm down in Florida, I have a, a recurve down there and, and I've been hunting with that this season. And, um, that feels comfortable to me too. And I was always able to just, you know, jump between any one of the bows that I had and, and be able to hunt with them. In fact, there was one season I grabbed four different bows and, and took four different deer with four different bows in one season, just, just to try it out and do it, you know? Nice. Um, so I can shoot them all, but like I getting back to, I have particular ones that I prefer over the others, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, I do. Um, yeah. In fact, it's kind of dangerous for you to tell me that you've got a bow <laughs> sitting there. That's a PCH. Cause again, last conversation I had with the last guest, that bow yeah. that he wasn't shooting is in my house right now. So no, <laughs> <laughs> no, well, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta sell this welcome. one first. <laughs> You're welcome to shoot mine anytime, but none of them are for sale right now. <laughs> okay. Yeah, no. Um, okay. So, uh, since we're, since we're kind of talking about gear a little bit, you know, we, we can, uh, let's talk about arrows. Um, are you, uh, do you, do you build a particular kind of arrow or arrow weight or, you know, style or whatever, or, um, how, how do you, well, how do you work through that? My, my years of building my own arrows are, are over for now. Um, you know, when I took the, the economy, the economy kind of went to hell here in Connecticut, you know, back, back in 2007 or so. And we've never really rebounded back. And when my father decided to get out and I took over, um, I streamlined some things and I pretty much stopped turkey hunting and I stopped building my own arrows. Um, I don't hunt any less as far as hunting deer or going down to my place in Florida or hunting big game. But there was a few things I cut out and I stopped building my own arrows and I, I quit turkey hunting, although last year I did hunt a little bit turkeys and I'm going to hunt a little bit this year. But in a roundabout way, what, I'll, what I, I'll tell you is I've been shooting traditional only arrows from three rivers. Um, I switched from aluminum to carbon, uh, I don't know, maybe a dozen years ago. And um, I was just, you know, getting them a dozen at a time from three rivers archery. And I shoot the 400s and I've been shooting the woodsman's for a very long time. 
and I shoot the 250 grain woodsman on the front of a, of a um, traditional only 400 shaft. Okay. That's what I use now. Over the years, I, I've killed quite a few deer with cedar arrows um, that I had built myself um, uh, a lot with aluminum. I hunted for a long, long time with aluminum. In fact, this year I took two hogs with aluminum. I have aluminum and carbon down in, um, in my place in Florida. And uh, I, I just had, had a bunch of aluminum sitting around. I said, hey, I'm going to pick these up and start shooting them. So I put some broadheads on them, sharpened them. And, and over the past month, I've killed a couple hogs with them. So yeah yeah I, I want, i'm gonna get to those i've been watching those videos that, that's um that, that's pretty cool do you yeah. um do you try to end up with a certain like arrow weight um is, well, is, a tar- is a target weight or i mean you don't sound like a guy that chases foc but i'm gonna ask anyway yeah no i i don't i'm um <laughs> i've always kept it pretty simple like i said one of my brother-in-laws really got into messing with all sorts of arrows and bows and I find something that works same in the construction industry. I find equipment that works and I like, and it's durable. I stick with it. Um, I like the, the, uh, weight up front. Um, I prefer to shoot as heavy a broadhead up front as I can. That, that, that makes sense. And you know, um, the arrow flies, right. Uh, most of my shots here in Connecticut are all under 20 yards. So I don't worry about the, the arrow being too heavy and dropping too much like I would maybe if you were a Western hunter and you're shooting more 30 and 40 yard shots. Although I don't know many traditional guys that shoot that far. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I like the heaviest arrow you can shoot. Um, when I went to Africa, I was shooting uh, 2315s with a woodsman up front and I had some, some weights on them. And the, the total arrow weight was about 685 grains. Mm-hmm. And that w- worked really well in Africa and I liked it. The arrows I'm shooting now, I, I, I haven't put them on a grain scale in a long time, but I want to say they're about 530 grains okay. um, with, with, with the broadhead on them. Okay. Yeah. And then this is out of what, like a 40, you said 48, 49, 50 pound bow, yeah, something the, like that? or Yeah. The 40, 48 to 50 pound is what I'm shooting mostly now. Um, although that, that longbow that I have been hunting with this past season, like I said, is, is in the low 60s. Right, right, right. Okay. And, uh, yeah, so you, um, you just, you just kind of stuck with the, with the three blade, uh, was when obviously if it, you know, yeah, it's worked for you. It's worked. I've, I've killed a lot of deer with the Magnus, a lot of deer with the Zwicky. Um, I shot those satellite Titans for, for a period of time. Um, but I prefer the woodsman. I, I like the file, you know, finish on them. Um, you know, using a file to sharpen them. I, I really, I, that may be going back to what Fred bear thought. Um, mm-hmm. I really think, um, I, I, they, they work better than, than factory sharpened, laser sharpened, you know, shaving blades type thing. I really, I really believe in it. Um, been on a lot of blood trails in my life with a lot of different, you know, arrows and broadheads and, and that three blade woodsman with a file finish on it. I, I really, really like yeah. Yeah. That, that's interesting. There, there's a lot of debate with that too. And I, I personally don't have enough experience, you know, to, to give my two cents one way or another, you know, but I'm always curious mm-hmm. of the guys, of, of the guys that do, you know, the, the, I guess the argument is that that kind of like non-polished mirror smooth finish um, mm-hmm. does, does more arterial damage as it's going through um, tears mm-hmm. up more stuff and hence, you know, more blood, you know, yep. and then the, the other side of the coin is um, like the scalpel sharp slices easier. It, 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 you know, it slices through uh, uh, arteries and things like that with less force and better penetration, mm-hmm. yada, yada, you know? So um, yeah. 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 I, I suppose. Well, the, when, the, when, go ahead. Yeah. The, in other words, I, 
I can only go from my own experience. And I, I just try to share that. I'm not going to tell a guy that my way is the right way. That's for mm-hmm. sure. The bottom line is if you're hitting any animal where you're supposed to be hitting them, any sharp broadhead is going to do the job period. Yeah. Um, I, I truly, truly believe that. Um, I just, the, the one thing about, you know, having that file finish, you're hunting in the rain, you're putting it in and out of the quiver more. You got to sharpen them and touch them up more. You got to touch any, all broadheads up, but they won't necessarily hold an edge as long as what, 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 what I will call a factory finish broadhead. Um, but they're just, man, the, the, the blood trails and I've always shot as many pounds as I could with as heavy an arrow as I could. So penetration hasn't, ne- has never been an issue with me. Now, as I get older, um, it may, uh, if I keep dropping down in poundage and have to drop an arrow weight and my father's starting to see that now, you know, he keeps his shots a lot closer and the angles have to be right. Cause he's down around 40 pounds now and shooting a much lighter arrow and broadhead. And it just doesn't have the oomph that, mm-hmm. you know, a 50 or 60 pound bow does, you know, with the proper setup, my kids have killed pigs with 30 pound bows and they work and they've passed right through them. But consistency, what, what consistent, uh, consistently is going to work all the time, you know? Yeah, no, uh, absolutely. Um, are you, so kind of, kind of going off of, um, you know, optimum shots, close shots, that kind of stuff. Are you hunting mm-hmm. on private land up there or, or is it public or like what, what's your kind of deer, hunt, deer setup uh, look like there? I hunt both. Um, I've been very lucky to uh, a couple older landowners. Well, they're older now. I got permission to hunt their property when I was in high school. So we're talking when I was 17, 18, 19 years old, mm-hmm. I'm 51 now. And two of those properties, they're both a little over a hundred acres I've had since I was a kid. Oh, and wow. um, my father hunts shares one with me. And then, uh, my brother-in-law and a cousin hunt, uh, the other one with me. So those two properties there, I, I spend quite a bit of time on and have over the years. And, you know, we fix fences for them, uh, clean up after their animals. We, we, they think of us as their sons type thing, put it that way. So I've been blessed to have those for a very long time and to have a hundred acres in Connecticut or more. I mean, they're actually one's, one's 150 and one's pretty close to 200 is, um, very lucky to have that because a lot of guys don't but i what i will tell you is there is a ton of state land here and i do a lot of hunting on state land i killed an eight pointer on state land this year and it's just like state land anywhere if you're only willing to go 200 yards in the woods you're not probably not going to see very many deer because that's what everybody does if you're willing to hike and pack in and pack out the the some of the state land around here is better than any private land i've ever seen do you, um, do you find that that's changing, uh, as far as like finding people that are going deeper now, because it's kind of the popular thing to do, um, or, or, I, is, or can you still get away from people? Um, I find, <laughs> I don't want to offend anybody. I, I find the average hunters pretty lazy. Um, you know, and that, that's not, bow hunters are a different breed, but the average hunter, you know, uh, early season bow they'll go out the first couple of days or take the first week off from work and they'll go two three hundred yards in the woods and you can get away with doing that but after the early season of course the deer that were there closer to the parking areas have gone deeper Mm -hmm. i I don't think in my area there's a lot of guys that go deep i mean i'm friends with a lot of hardcore hunters and, and and the majority of all of them if not all of them will tell you that they don't go as deep and walk as far as i'm willing to do um so 
but there's like I was talking to my father about it today and he, he's saying he's, he's 76 now and he said I'm gonna try and he's in really 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 good shape he said I'm gonna try even harder this year to get in better shape before bow season because there's some areas that he wants to hunt that he just you know his, his legs and he gets tired walking that far and he really wants to get back into those areas that he hunted when he was younger and he's gonna make an effort to do that this year that's that's awesome that's awesome yeah um yeah i mean he, around here i i find it uh there, there's a ton of public here right i mean a ton of mm-hmm. public um but it seems like no matter how far you walk whether it's it's uh kind of an easy trail walk-in kind of thing or you're actually like huff, you know huffing it through the woods um sure. i've i've been like genuine like let's say like mile and mile and three quarters mile and a half whatever where you mm-hmm. think you would like out you know, outrun a lot of other people. And, you know, you're looking around, you're, you're finding a new spot and you're like, Oh, that looks great. You know, you know, how, you know how you kind of like survey the land from a distance, yep. you pick out a tree from a distance. You're like, Ooh, that would be a great spot. I wonder if, you know, and you kind of make your way toward it and everything starts looking better and better and better. And then you get close and then you're like, ah, oh, son of a bitch, those are screwing steps. <laughs> You know, (laughs) or there's a stand there, like, like fresh from this year, still sitting up there. And like, you got to be kidding me. Um, And I'm noticing a lot of people, uh, not a lot, but more people accessing through water. Um, Mm -hmm. It's yeah. The, the, I I don't mind trying to like outwalk, you know, out, out hump, you know, other, other hunters. It's just mm-hmm. getting, especially past couple of years and this past year, it's just so, uh, there's so many more people in the woods. I think you can, you can blame it on COVID. You can blame it on whatever you want, but it's just gotten mm-hmm. harder to do, um, which is I, I, kind of frustrating, but then you're like, okay, well, how am I going to, how am I going to now change my strategy to yeah. these guys are here. Um, now we're going to have, I mean, you, you've always had to kind of quote unquote hunt the hunter, you know, yep. um, not just the deer. Now there's more of it you know? Yeah. Um, but well, but it, it, yeah, go ahead. I, 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 I can agree with you on that for sure. In other words, I think, especially because of COVID and I know the, the taxidermist here that I use, I was talking to him a couple months ago and he's, he did, he barely got to hunt this year and he's an avid hunter. He's an avid wing shooter. And, um, uh, he likes to hunt big bucks. And he said, this is my worst year ever. And, and he's blaming on COVID. He said, we've been so busy. I haven't been able to leave the shop. And I will tell you, a lot of the public parking areas, I did see more hunters hunting. I haven't personally noticed people going deep. I know exactly what you're saying. I do find old tree stands in some areas. Um, uh, you, that's a, that's another <laughs> tactic you could use is, you know, if you get into an area and you start seeing old tree stands that haven't been hunted in years, there's a reason why a guy was hunting there. You know what I mean? Correct, so you could yeah. use, but, but as far as, um, as far as for me, at least in this area, we have some pretty rugged country. It gets pretty steep. And I have areas that I hunt that you look at and you're like, why would a deer ever be in there? And they're in there like mountain goats. And, and you got to, you know, it's the mental struggle saying, you know, this doesn't even seem like a deer. It's, it seems too thick for a deer. And there's deer there. Mm-hmm. And, and the deer know it. And they know it when, especially when the hunting pressure starts to hit. And they may only move 500 yards or a thousand yards and get up in that thick stuff. And they're there. Um, I, I'll give you one story, one spot that I've hunted now for three years, talking about parking and, and walking a long ways in. I park and I walk a very long ways, but I walk from the only area where you can park. I walk into the deepest part of the property, walk all the way through it to the other side where it gets closer to a subdivision on the other side. Mm-hmm. And I can actually see houses 
I don't think there's anyone privately coming in hunting from the subdivision side. And I think it's just way too far to walk. People are stopping in the middle part of the property and not getting to the very edge. And I've been very successful with that spot for the past three years, but I can't access it other than walking a very long ways until I get to the other side of the property and you're starting to see houses and, and the deer seem to know that they're not pressured there. Yeah. When you can camp out under a kid's uh, swing set, you know, in <laughs> yeah, the afternoon. Right. Yeah, no, uh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it's, it's frustrating and fun kind of trying to change tactics, you know, uh, yeah. frustrating and like, obviously, but, um, and fun in that. And I, I agree. Like there, there's some places like you, let's just say in your, in your scouting or just in general hunting, like you're like, there's no way like deer would be here, but then like, there's a lot of river bottom kind of stuff here and some steep mm-hmm. drop-offs and cliffs. And, and, and you're like, there's, there's hoof prints going all the way down to the river. Like how the hell do they get up the bank here? You know what I mean? And yeah. why would they, instead of following it around that some of them go straight up, like you said, like a mountain goat. Um, mm-hmm. it's just, it, it, it's kind of amazing when you, when you, when you watch, when you're able to watch deer do deer stuff when they're not being hunted, um, mm-hmm. the stuff that they do is just like, Oh, I didn't know they could do that. Like last year, uh, turkey hunting, I was watching, um, uh, you know, I was just scanning around on my binoculars and across the river, maybe a couple hundred yards away. Um, just some, some deer were out and these things are, I mean, we've all seen deer stand up on their hind legs, right. And just kind of grab a leaf mm-hmm. or two, but a, a couple of these were literally like almost walking on their hind legs. I mean, for like multiple, multiple like seconds, you know what I mean? I mean, they weren't like on there for minutes or whatever, but you're like, how yep. I didn't know that they could sit there and balance on two legs while they're like literally just chewing on leaves, you know, that are a little up high and they're standing there for, I don't know, 10 seconds, you know, like, holy crap. I didn't know they could do that. (laughs) (laughs) They're just, they're just amazing, amazing creatures. But, um, are you, uh, are are you uh, mostly a tree stand guy? Are you a ground guy? What what do you do when you, when you go to some of these places, assuming it's not private, let's say you don't have like pre-hung stands or something. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, a tree stand guy, uh, for, for, a lot of years, I um, didn't even use the tree stand, but I hunted out of a tree. We would hunt out of hemlock trees, yeah. similar to pine tree, but they're a little bit more rugged. You guys must have hemlocks out there, right? Uh, I don't know Minnesota. about hemlock, yeah, but we've got. I, I'm, I'm terrible with 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 some of that. I, I know. Um, <laughs> uh, gosh, it's not hemlock. What's the other one? Um, uh, it, it, it'll come to Bruce. me. Yeah, we, spruce out there. yeah we, have... we've got spruce and tamarack and stuff like that, and some of the. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, we we got a, we well, got a, lot a of hemlock. That. A hemlock might be similar to the tamarack, although, it, it, you know, they all different sizes here, but they, they got a lot of limbs on them and they're much more durable than a pine tree. And for years, my father and I would go out and that's how he taught me how to hunt. He was raising six kids. He didn't have a bunch of tree stands. And we'd, we'd walk out into the woods until we found a crotch in a tree or we found a hemlock tree and we'd climb it, trim a few branches and you'd sit on one limb and stand on the other. And the first 20 deer I shot, I probably shot standing on a limb or standing in the crotch of a tree or, or leaning tree. No kidding. Um, yeah. I, n- now I have light portables that I'll carry in with me. And um, I, I have a climber. I have a lone wolf climber. I've had it for years. It's a very comfortable stand. Um, I, I, I don't use that as much as I'll, I'll carry a, a pair of very lightweight climbing sticks um, and a very light uh, like lone wolf lone wolf hang on stand and i'll walk sometimes in early bow season until i find a hot spot and i'll go right up that tree right at the hot sign and that seems to work well on public land right just just hunt to these or walk to see sign and hunt right there instead of you know going exactly. deeper mucking it up yeah no absolutely yeah, yeah. And, and it's, 
same token, I've got spots that I've hunted for years here on public land where, um, you know, I'll just go to that, right to that same spot and hunt that tree. And I've never, I, I have seen guys, um, you know, at the parking areas, but I'll be honest with you, very few times on public property while I'm hunting here, have I seen other hunters or have them disturb me. And I don't know whether it's because uh, the areas that I'm hunting or what, but I hear other guys that have horror stories, you know, with it. Um, there, there's, there's here in Connecticut, we have, and I, you know, you have them there too. You have small hunting areas and you have larger public hunting areas. Mm-hmm. And, you know, obviously the smaller public bow hunting only areas, you might see a few more guys where you get into the large and area, larger areas where it's open to both bow hunters and shotgun and muzzleloader hunters. Um, in the bow season, it just doesn't seem like the guys around here want to make the effort to go that deep and, and hunt them. Um, I think during the shotgun and, and muzzleloader seasons you would see more but during the bow season i haven't had an issue with it you know it's um it's it's funny you know you were saying before you you know being from the midwest you you thought we had a deer behind every tree and um we don't there was a time um my father hunted the uh vermont back in the 60s and there was literally a deer behind every tree said you, you couldn't drive by a field without seeing 50 deer in it but they had um you know policies where you you couldn't shoot any does and you know a, a buck had to have at least three or five inches of horn on its head and they had a couple two three winners bad winners in a row and it basically wiped out the deer herd and part of it was because of the management um and now vermont has never rebounded from that and i have a very good friend who owns a cabin and we go up there hunting and you have to search to just find one deer um you get to some of the suburbs though in Vermont. And uh, again, here in Connecticut, you get closer to the cities and, uh, and in the suburbs where the deer aren't hunted and, and it's just, and they have these areas everywhere, Minnesota, New York, wherever you do have those areas. I don't live in that type area or, or you know, that part of Connecticut where I'm, I'm able to hunt those, uh, suburban deer, you know? Yeah. Um, speaking of Vermont, I, I know you're on Schaefer's podcast. So, I mean, every, yeah. you know, you, I feel his pain, you know, I mean, every time he talks about that, it's like, geez, I didn't know it was that bad. Um, but yeah, here we have, um, we we do have pockets. Yes. We do have pockets where there's, where there's none and we have pockets where it's unlimited tags. Like we have, uh, like the, the Metro area around here, um, Mm -hmm. around the twin cities, you know, and, and I'm not really close to it, but I mean, it's still kind of the metro area. There's unlimited antlerless tags because there's just so many wow. deer, you know, yep. uh, and, and they do have those, uh, those uh, actually you reminded that, you know what, thanks for bringing that up because now that <laughs> I don't travel for a living, uh, li- yep. living like a gypsy and racing, I'm actually going to be yep. home a lot more and I can apply for some of these urban hunts that I haven't oh, been able cool. to. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's cool. I never that's thought totally of that. Cool. Thanks, Bill. <laughs> <laughs> Good. I'm glad. I re- yeah, no kidding. Um, so, uh, by the way, I know you said you had a kind of like limited time. So let, let me know how much more time you have and I can kind of gauge, uh, uh, let me see what, what time is it now? It is. Well, it's three Oh seven, my time, but you're, or, I mean, I, I, I got another half hour. Not that we have to talk that long, but I could probably go another half hour here before I got to get going. Got to be All somewhere right. at five. I want to touch real quick on your Africa trip. Um, cause, okay. uh, cause, cause I was, I was watching those videos and then I want to touch mm-hmm. on the hog hunting down in Florida, which really gets, oh. uh, you know, re- really, really gets my blood going. So let's, okay. let's talk Africa first. Uh, when, wh- wh- when did you go? Have you, wh- I, I guess, that was, I believe that was 2007, I believe. Um, when we did that, um, 
I, I, I hope I got that right. I believe it was 2007. We went to Makalan Safaris in Namibia. Um, I had researched them for years and I'd wanted to go to Africa for years and I was saving up money and putting money away and researching it. And Makalan kept coming up. And then I, uh, talked to Russell Lantier, who's from Louisiana. I'd called him cause he had been there and got some information from him. And my father was interested in a couple other guys here from Connecticut. And we just decided to book it and we went, um, and it was great. Uh, we, we flew out of New York. Um, it's funny. I, we, I, <laughs> can I interrupt I, you one we, sec? Yeah, go ahead. Okay. The limo, you got to explain the limo. <laughs> I, I was just about to say that. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's what it was just about to come out of my mouth. Okay. <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> I, I was talking to Dale Cart, uh, I, shortly after I put the video out, we were talking about, so I went out and hunted his property out in Indiana. And he said, uh, he said, when I saw you take a limo on a hunting trip, he said, uh, he said, well, I don't think Bill Langer's doing too bad. And I started laughing. The long and short of the limo is, is we left it up to my buddy, Mad Dog Mike O'Connell, to find us transportation from Connecticut to uh, New York City to fly out of, which is about two hours from here. And believe it or not, it was the cheapest way for four guys to get from Connecticut to New York. <laughs> he, he looked at cars and he looked at vans, you know, van services. Mm -hmm. And he, the limo was the cheapest option to get us from Connecticut to New York. So that's what we took. <laughs> but I've had all sorts of people ask me, he said, what, what are you a millionaire? You take a, 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 a limo everywhere. And I, the honest truth is it was the cheapest way to get from here to there. Yeah, you know, um, a little, little side story back, like I'm 46, right? So like prom was yep. a long time ago, but we left it up to my buddy who was extremely cheap to uh, yep. figure out, uh, you know, the limo thing for the prom. And mm -hmm. I, I shit you not, he, he got a limo from a funeral home, right? It wasn't a hearse. <laughs> okay. But we went to prom in a funeral home limo because <laughs> it was oh, the cheapest thing that he could find. So. Yeah. Yeah. That uh, was funny. That was pretty neat story. My kids love that. I, I love watching the old footage there. Um, you know, they were all excited when that thing pulled up and, uh, yeah, no, that that's, that's the honest to goodness truth is that it was the cheapest way to go there. I mean, I, I've worked my entire life. I never went to college. I got right out of high. I, I take that back. I went to a community college for one semester. I said, this isn't for me. Got right into running heavy equipment with my father. And that's all I've done ever since, you know, and I, I, I laid underneath the three different machines today and did oil changes gearing up for the season to start. So yeah, I don't, uh, yeah, I can't buy a limo or rent a limo every, every time I go somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> okay so anyway so you end up going to namibia, uh, namibia with with a bunch of yep. your buddies right and um yep. uh i'm guessing it was it like one of those uh i've never been but i mean is it was it one of those like planes game uh what yeah. they call planes game uh packages kind of thing so you don't shoot any like the big five or whatever but although i think you did shoot a yeah. kudu didn't you yeah no? there was a kudu yeah. there yeah yeah which is not part of the big five but um the um yeah, it was, it was a planes game hunt and we didn't, we didn't do a package. What we did is you paid a daily fee to be there, which covered the, you know, the room and board and meals and, and, um, they do your laundry every day. You can travel very light. They do your laundry every single day. So two or three pairs of clothes is more than enough. Um, you pay the daily fee and then you shoot whatever animal animals that you want. And they have what, you know, there's trophy fees on the animals. So, you know, I kind of went there with a list of what I wanted and, um, zebra and red hartebeest were, were on that list. And I, I happened to see a couple zebra could never get a shot. They were extremely spooky. And I was the only 
uh, one in the group that didn't shoot a red hartebeest. Uh, the other three guys did. I never saw one. I never had one come to any of the water holes I sat, and I sat some of the water holes that the other guys were successful on. But, uh, yeah, it was just a uh, – we didn't – there was no, like, Cape Buffalo or – you know, elephant or rhino or, or, uh, crocodiles or anything like that around. Mm-hmm. Um, there was, there was, there was an opportunity to hunt leopard on, uh, there was a farm in the area that was having a problem with a leopard, but the law in Namibia at the time, I don't know whether it's changed is you had to do it with a rifle. And if they were, would have had let me do it with the bow, I would have done it, but, um, I didn't want to shoot it with the rifle. So I never went, it was offered to us while we were there mm-hmm. and it was just a spur of the moment thing. But, um, no, that was a really neat hunt. And if you can ever get over there, I would recommend it. Yeah. You know, I, I've never had a desire to, to, to do that um, mm-hmm. j- yet, you know, because, because I still haven't killed a bunch of stuff here. You know what I mean? And I know that sounds <laughs> terrible. I don't want to be like, oh, I don't yeah. have like, you know, I, I don't want it to sound that way, but I just have yeah. like more experience I need to get over here with with just i mean i just like hunting deer i like i like hunting deer sure. and turkeys you know what i mean and pigs and stuff so um and i think probably because the first well not the first up until kind of recently uh my boss uh he was you know he he was quote unquote a hunter right but i mean mm-hmm. he is like the full-on um and i have no problem saying this because i'll say this to his face <laughs> you know we, we over the years we kind of have like a like a father-son butting heads kind of relationship you know but sure, yeah, um yeah. he's he's not the kind of hunter that you and i are you know he is all yeah. about like the, the trophies and and and, and sure. about nothing else and um you know like bows and arrows are stupid you know the indians <laughs> lost the war for a reason it's like come on yeah. you know um, so he, he's basically gone and shot everything over in Africa at least five times. And then I, and I asked him one time again, I'm like, uh, are you going to go back again? He's like, ah, I've killed everything over there. I'm like, well, we can pick up a bow and arrow and actually hunt for real. You know, he got real, he gets real <laughs> pissed at that. Right. So, but, um, I, it, it kind of soured me on a lot of the like, African hunting thing. And then I'm, mm-hmm. I've started to, 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 to kind of reel that back a little bit when I see, um, the bow hunting like, like you and, yeah. um, I, I don't know, uh, name it, you know, uh, yeah. actually doing my kind of hunting, let's say for the right reasons kind of you know, over yeah. there. So, uh, but, but yeah, it, it does, it does seem like fun. Um, you, well, the, um, go ahead. The, um, where I hunted was bow hunting only. It's, it's his bow hunting concession. I guess he has another place he had, he had it at the time. And I believe he still does have it, um, where he does, uh, does awful offer some rifle hunts but where we were hunting was bow hunting only um i can tell you the the american dollar goes a long ways over there Uh, at the time that i went over there i flew over i shot 11 animals of like six different species and with the flight over and back and getting all my heads and hides back you can't bring the meat back um because of united states customs um but it was like eleven thousand five hundred dollars at the time well that's not bad no, you, you can't, I mean, you can't touch an Alaskan moose hunt or, or, uh, you know, a grizzly bear hunt or, or an elk hunt for, for less than 20,000, you know, some of these, some of these right. elk hunts you do for, you know, five to, to 10 grand, but that, you know, that's for one animal to be able to go over there for two weeks and have it cost you $11,500, which was a lot of money, you know, um, it's still the, the bang for the buck, if you will, there was a, a lot of experience and a lot of opportunities to shoot big game for, for what you were spending. And it was, um, you know, definitely fair chase. I mean, I, I know they do, um, you know, 
you were talking about your boss and there's guys that go out and they just want to go with the rifle and they just want to knock something down and have everything go on the wall. And I mounted a couple, some of the animals that I brought back from Africa, but I shot quite a few call animals. There were some um, different females of different species that the pH said, you know, go ahead and take those animals out mm-hmm. because, you know, the relations get too high type thing, you know? Yeah. And no, uh, he was, yeah, he, he, he's the type where like, he's, he's almost like got the cocktail in his hand back at the chalet before the bullet even goes oh, through, really? you know, before okay. the animal even hits the ground, he's, he's back yeah. at the chalet rag and he's, he's one of those guys. So yeah. yeah. Um, you, there was a lot of like water hole type stuff though. Right. Too. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you, um, do you, I, I'm only comparing this to like, let's say like whitetail tree stand hunting, do you, mm-hmm. uh, which is, which is more, the more jittery, animal like well of course i'm lumping in all quote-unquote african game into one i'm sure yeah you know but in general do you find african game over a water hole kind of thing any jumpier than uh deer over here not even necessarily over bait but i mean just kind of like you know walking walking in heavily hunted areas you know looking up for tree stands the, the 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 deer in texas are probably some of the most jittery i've ever hunted the deer here in connecticut are pretty jumpy the animals in Africa were jumpy because they know they're being hunted at the water holes. Mm-hmm. Also, you got to realize, you know, they've got, well, in that particular area it was leopards after them, but depending on where you are, they'll have lions or cheetahs, uh, jackals, or uh, not so much jackals, but wild dogs and hyenas after them as well. Mm-hmm. And, and they all water the same water holes. So yes, it, it does uh, make them. Um, they, and they were jumpy and skittish, but I, I think I have seen some animals that were, that were more so. But they weren't like they weren't like walked right in and let you shoot. You squeaked the blind or made a noise with your bow and they they would take off. And of course, in my my videos in particular, everything has to be edited down to fit, you know, in in a one hour DVD or an hour and a half DVD. So a a lot of the stuff you don't get to see. And I don't know if I'll ever have time in my, my in my life to do it, to take the time to put out the videos of all the missed shots. I've been thinking about doing that um, lately actually is, is putting together a, a something for YouTube or putting out a DVD of all the shots that I've missed that are on, on, on DVD. You make it look animal- easy, Bill. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, we, 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 we do show quite a few misses in our videos and we do show marginal hits as educational, you know, for educational purposes. Right. But when you're trying to make something interesting, that'll sell to the public, you got to get it. You got to get all the, the uh you know you've got to get it down to the stuff that's interesting and entertaining and something that people want to watch obviously no no absolutely yeah so um any any plans to go back there at all or uh it's funny (laughs) i was talking to one of the guys i went with yesterday we had talked about a month ago about it and um my wife would like to go uh she's she had never she has never been to africa and, and at the time she stayed home with the kids and and she'd like to go now that the kids are older and we were talking about it last night N- not for this summer but maybe next summer the summer after possibly going back for a couple of weeks hmm. it, it was yeah. fun it was um <clears throat> oh there's there's other spe- there's species that uh i wanted to hunt while i was there and i never saw them or had an opportunity and um so we didn't you know do you, um, you, you get to eat like some of the meat there anyway, right? I mean, I, I know how it gets kind of divided up and that kind of stuff, but what, what, what do you, what animal kind of surprised Eland. you? Eland? Eland, Eland is the best tasting animal I've ever had. No, I have not had access here yet. I hear that's really good, but the oh, Eland access is amazing. I've never shot one, but I, again, I've been gifted access and access yeah. is just like heavenly, 
but Elon, I wouldn't <laughs> well, have thought yeah. zebra I've heard is fantastic again, yep, but we, again, I haven't had that. We were, when we were there, all we ate was game meat. That's what they served us. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> the, uh, everything that I tried was excellent. Um, the warthog was good. Um, the Gemsbach was good. Uh, wildebeest was good. Um, but the, the Eland, I would go back for seconds of, um, even if I hadn't eaten anything else, if there was Eland on the plate, they didn't serve Eland every night, but Eland to me was like lean beef. Um, it could be just my taste buds. The, the group that I was with, the guys I was with agreed that the Elon was, they liked that better than everything else. But hmm. Elon is, is the best game meat that I've ever had, in my opinion. No kidding. Yeah, it was good. I would not, I would not, because, because they're like a big beefy, like, like Sue, I yeah. mean, they're all muscular, but so, I mean, they're like really, really muscular, you know, yeah. well, they're, animals. They're, the world's, they're the world's largest antelope, you know, the, the, the Lord Derby, I guess is, is the, is the largest of the Eland. Um, I was just hunting what you would call the common Eland, I guess. Um, and they don't get quite as big as, as the Lord. I believe it's the Lord Derby. Um, but mm-hmm. it, yeah, they're, they're a great big antelope. They look like a Brahma bull, you know? And, um, there, there was a, it was delicious. It was very, yeah, we got very one hanging in the shop. So I was like, Oh, that's a big animal. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. No, that was good. That, that was a fun hunt. It was just, you know, we, we flew from New York over to Frankfurt, Germany and Langer. We have German in, in our blood. My, my father's grandfather came over at 12 years old by himself from Germany and got himself set up here in, in the United States and ended up owning a farm that was passed down to the family that my father still hunts till this day. And so when we were over there, we stopped in Germany for about 24 hours. One of the guys we were flying with his brother lived there and he picked us up and took us to a jazz festival. And, um, my father looked up Langer in the phone book. Right. And there was like four pages of Langers in Frankfurt, Germany. So it's kind of like the Smith name over yeah, here. The Jones. United. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it was, that was pretty funny, but anyways. Yeah. That, that, I, that, I, that, I would that, recommend that, Go ahead. Yeah, I, I was just going to say I would recommend going to Africa if you ever if you ever thought of doing it. It's uh it's a great place to go and bow hunt. Yeah, I know it looked like a ton of fun. Okay, so um let's wrap up by coming back across the pond there and uh, sure. let's, uh Florida. Okay, so you, yeah. you you you've got a is it just like some private property there or do you do you do you run like a, a some sort of like ranch down there or or what is that? Cuz I know it seems like hog heaven. Yeah. So I've got, yeah, I've got a piece of property down there and um, I, I've got two pieces of property that adjoin each other. I bought the original piece and I have a second piece now and uh, we're just under 110 acres and um, I have some cattle on it, some cracker cattle. Uh, we've got, we got nine head of cattle. And um, when I first bought it, we bought it to uh, the place that burnt to the ground and had just been planted in pine trees and the pine trees are only three to four feet tall. And the place didn't look like much when I bought it, to be honest with you. But I had been looking for a place in Florida for years. I've hunted Florida since before I, I know, knew my wife. And we've been together now. Uh, let's see. We'll be married 23 years in July. So we've been together almost 28 years now. And I was hunting hogs, traveling every winter before I met her. Mm-hmm. And after working and saving and, and building and selling homes here i started putting money away my, my wife doesn't like the cold she's a teacher and long story short she says when we retire i want to be someplace warm and if i'm going to be warm in a, in a place that's hot i want there to be lots of pigs and texas seemed like a little bit too far from home i wanted some place we could reasonably drive to so i chose a place in florida and i bought it and we've you know got a, our little hunting camp down there and i've got some feeders going which is legal in florida and we hunt hogs deer and turkey 
and we don't pressure them at all. And the, the hog hunting is phenomenal. It's just, it's just really good. I've got a good feed pr- program going there. The, you know, we got feeders going year round and, um, I've owned it now five winters. And, uh, the first day that I owned it, I had, uh, two feeders up and spinning. And, um, now we have nine going and they feed twice a day. And the, um, the, the deer and Turkey and hogs get to eat like Kings. And every once in a while we hunt them. I got a couple friends down there that, um, neighbors and, um, um, people I, I've made friends with that watch the place for me and take care of it. And one guy's there on the property almost every day. And, um, but the hunting pressure is just so low cause it's just family and friends, you know, and I take a few groups of hunters there hunting every year and it's really cool. Yeah. Uh, where, where, where in, in Florida is it like, like North central or I'm in, I'm in North central Florida. Okay. Yeah. We're like, in North central Florida. I'm, I'm about uh, less than an hour from Daytona. I can be on Daytona beach in about 50 minutes. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So north of that. So is that like, yep. is that like Deland? No, is that Deland area? No, that's. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm up above Deland. I'm in Palatka County. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, uh, it, I, I was telling somebody the other day that this year, this past, this past November, I guess is the first time in God, many years that I haven't gone pig hunting because, um, we used to end our season at, at Daytona, right? And yep. I used to always go down there and there's, you know, there, there's all like the, the different, like, you know, pick your pork kind of farms, you know, sure, um, yep. which, which I didn't care, you know, it's, it's like, whatever, yep. I'd still want some experience down there. I was, you know, I'd go for like a half a day is all, is all I could squeeze in, but, um, sure. you know, it was mostly with rifle, but I got one with my bow the previous year and, mm-hmm. um, yeah, but this year we, we didn't, we didn't do Daytona and we, you know, yep. and, I, and now I'm like out of racing and stuff. So, uh, yeah, it was kind of one of those, oh, my, my yearly, you know, annual, like pig, pig meat gathering trip, you know, with, with cooler and tow and everything like that and, uh, and trying to keep it frozen and stuff, you know, and on ice and yeah. cause I'd put it on dry ice and, you know, it, you take it back home on, on the truck, you know? Um, yeah. yeah. First time in a long time I haven't done that. So I need to get back down there and, and, and start, you know, or at least somewhere South, you know, and start, start chasing them in, in earnest, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, Primarily, I'm raising cracker beef and uh, um, uh, pine trees. Um, so the the hunting is is secondary. I mean, it, <laughs> hunting is first in my life, and obviously, it's it's a huge part of the property. It's a nice spinoff of it. But we're gonna end up building a homestead there, my wife and I, and and we'll spend our winters after Christmas, between Christmas and um, um, Easter. Once uh, she gets out of teaching and I, I'm old enough to retire, we'll, we'll build a little home down there and I'll be able to go out and hunt my deer, turkey and hogs and, and look after my cattle and, um, you know, s- sell some pine crop off. And that's the idea anyways, the getting a little tired of the winters up here. You know, I love New England and I, Connecticut's my, my home, but, you know, we, the, the hunting season shuts down the end of uh, December, except for those the zone what we call the gold coast a couple of zones down near new york you can hunt in january but we hunt from like september 15th to december 31st and then our deer season ends and then it's it's a long three months of ice and cold and there's not a lot to hunt you can hunt coyotes and there's some small game open Mm -hmm. um but being in the excavating business construction business i'm in we shut down and things slow down during the winter so you, you get a lot of cabin fever and that was a big part of you know, ended up purchasing a place in Florida to be able to 
spend our winters and someday maybe retire there. Not full time. We'll always spend the summers and falls up here, but um, it, it's a lot of fun. We go down quite a bit during the summer too. I go down with my wife and kids, and we have a good time down here. The kids have a, have a great time. They'll they'll go out in the, the quads and the side by sides, and you know, um, it's just it's just a cool place to hang out. A lot, lot of wildlife. There's quite a bit of water on the property. Um, and, and the big thing with the, with the hogs are, uh, you know, we put out a lot of corn for them and, um, we don't hunt them very hard. So if you're ever down in that area or know you're going to be down there, let me know and I'll take you hunting for a day or two or however long you're there. Yeah. Don't offer that. Cause I might be calling you. <laughs> <laughs> I'll t- yeah, I will take no, you up on that. No problem. The videos too are, are, are pretty cool. The YouTube videos you've been putting out, you, you put out like several in the past like month here. Um, yep. and I'm just like, oh man, that looks like a ton of fun, you know, and you guys are just, it's spot and stock, you know, you're, yep. you're walking through and, and, uh, yeah, it, it's, it, it seems, it seems like a, it seems like a blast, you know? So, yeah, it's uh, fun. You know, the first couple, first couple days, you see quite a few hogs and then they realize, oh boy, these guys aren't here to fill the feeders <laughs> <laughs> and, and then they disappear. But, um, you know, it's, but it, it's, it's a good time. It, it's real. It's, I like taking, you know, first time hunters or hunters without a lot of experience, um, and kids. And we, we take some families that, you know, we become friends with and, um, it, it's, it's bow hunting, bow hunting hogs in the South is, is really good for, uh, I think new hunters and, um, people who, who don't have a lot of experience. It just, cause you, you get quite a bit of action. If you're not, if they're not too pressured, you can, you see quite a few pigs once the acorns and natural food, you know, in January, February, and March, especially um, before the green up starts, you know, the hogs are, the hogs are hungry <laughs> and, and, and it's, it's illegal to hunt them over corn. It's, it's really fun to hunt them with the bow, you know? Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. Under, understood that. All right, man. Um, I guess uh, I've kept John long enough here. I know you got to get going. Okay. Is, is there anything else you want to touch on here? Uh, anything, anything no, else like uh, you know, maybe sometime we'll do this again i really enjoyed talking to you to yeah you me too I, like i've followed you for a long time and uh i'm like i need to talk to him <laughs> <laughs> that's cool well i appreciate it. i hope i hope i haven't bored you um no we could we <laughs> we could talk for hours on this and you know anytime you want to do it again just contact me and like i said i mean it if you're, if you're down there in the area during the winter here um i'll take you hog hunting if you want Cool. Yeah. Uh, if I make it down there, I'll, I'll definitely, uh, I'll definitely have to have to do that. You know, one of the, one of the real quick, one of the side benefits, side benefits, quote unquote, of this is I get to talk to and make friends with, 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 with people that I normally would never like, you know, interact with, you know what I mean? Yep. So you make all these like awesome connections. So, um, yeah you know, like, like Mark Harrison down, you know, he does the omnivores homestead and then Jim Desias, mm-hmm. you know, same deal. So you get these invitations like, Hey, come on down. You know, this, this just, we'll meet up. I'll take you out kind of thing. So I, it, it's, it is really appreciated. You know, I, I it, it wasn't, it wasn't my intent, you know, when I started a podcast, like, Oh, maybe I can get like free hunting trips in, <laughs> yeah. you know, but, but oh, it is nice though, you know, to be able to connect with people. Yeah. Well, that, that's funny thing. And, and, you know, my wife and, and my account have both told me, they said, when are you going to end this video production company? You've never made any money off of it. <laughs> uh, they said, it just doesn't make any sense to keep this business going. And I said, you know, I told both of them, I said, it doesn't matter if I have to fund it with the construction company. It's something I love doing. I've met a bunch of great people. It's opened up so many doors for me. Um, I, I look at it is I promote traditional bow hunting through participation. Mm-hmm. I just, I love it. It's what I love to do. I like to film it. 
I like getting it out there. It, it gets people interested. And like you said, you, you, you get this network going and um, you get to meet these people and hunt with them. And it's, 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 it's been, it's been a, a fun trip and I hope it continues for many years to come. Absolutely. And then uh, the name of your YouTube channel. So it's uh, traditional adventures TV, traditional adventures TV. Make sure you go yep. subscribe. A lot, a lot of cool stuff out there. So, all right, Bill, I appreciate it. Um, I'm going to hang up recording here. Just uh, hang on with me just one sec. And okay. uh, thanks everybody for listening. All right. <laughs>